0: Good morning, Church on the Rock! Good morning, Rashad! My name is Rashad, I am the pastor, one of the pastors here at Church on the Rock, the cool pastor here at Church on the Rock. I'm so grateful to see all of you here, see all of you bright-eyed, singing, break every chain. The reason we do the Good Morning Church on the Rock, Good Morning, Rashad, is because I just want to make sure the energy's in the building. it's all, I've already witnessed it in the singing, but I want to make sure you're ready for the word as well. So we're going to do that one more time, just to make sure you're here, make sure you're plugged in. Good morning, church on the rock. Good morning, church. Yeah, that's it. So check it out. Want to be upfront and honest with everybody? It's been a long morning for me. Uh, been a rough morning for me. We like to be very transparent here, but I'm going I'm to keep it real. The singing that I just heard. Of people reminding me through the worship that there's power in the name of Jesus. My circumstances, my situations, my rough morning don't mean nothing in comparison to the power in the name of Jesus. Amen, somebody? All right. All right. Like, wow. So we're going to continue in this Romans journey we're on, but we're closing out our gospel talk series. Uh, so we're going to be in Romans 1, verses 16 and 17 this week. Uh, This is going to be more of a recap, more than anything, and a challenge. So those of you who are just coming along with us, we're on this very long journey. I'm not allowed to put a time frame on it no more. We're on a very long journey studying through the book of Romans. It's been five months since we started, and we're finally at verse 17. Yay! (laughs) And so the reason it's taking us so long It's because we want people to understand what they're reading. We want them to build an actual foundation so that change really can be broken. You see, it's easy to sing a song that you know to sing the words to because you see them up there, but not actually believe it or feel it or experience it. And so what happens is God's word reveals what that power is. Like if... When you say the name of Jesus, it should, ooh. you know, you, you remember like Lion King, right? When they said Mufasa, he's like, ooh, right? Like when you say the name of Jesus and you've actually experienced something, you've actually had transformation in your life, somebody says, and then Jesus, and you're like, ooh, right? You just got to shake with it because something's happened in your life that's actually, you know, that, that, that leads to that shake, that shimmer. Well, that's what we're going to kind of talk about today. So we're going to be in Romans 1, 16 through 17. Paul says this. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for the salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He says, For in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. So we're going to open this up and really just touch on some of it. The reason we're not going to break this apart the way we normally do is because this is the theme of the entire letter to the Romans. This is like this these two verses explain the remainder of the entire epistle to the Romans. And as a result, we're going to be jumping back here often, over and over and over because starting whenever we get to verse 18, from verse 18 on out, it jumps back here often just looking at this because the whole theme of Romans is the righteousness of God. It's, it's salvation. That's, that's what all of this is about. So we're just going to touch on a couple of things that are on my heart this week, this morning. A lot of it's going to be a recap for some of you, but there's going to be a challenge in here that might actually get to you. So this is what we're going to look at first. Going to my next slide. For I am not ashamed Of the gospel. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. The word ashamed in the Greek, uh, when you break it down, is like to put all your money, put all your stock, put all your weight on something, and then it fails, right? Like a lot of, how many Colts fans we got in here? Colts fans? Y'all, see, some of y'all ashamed. There's more than that. Y'all just don't want to raise your hand right now because y'all like, they're going to lose the day, right? Uh, No, but look at this, look at this. I, I knew a Colts fan last week who was so positive that the Colts was going to beat the Steelers. Oh man, them Steelers man they trash, bro. We going we about to stomp the Steelers and like they was talking all this yaggedy yaggity yak, right? And and then the laces didn't get turned out. And Adam Vinatieri missed the kick. And Okay, okay, okay. Well, well, as a result, people came back after that very humbled, and, man, I put—I bet money on that, or I told my boy this, or I was talking all this trash to all my Steeler friends, and, and now I'm ashamed because I put all my weight on that. I put all my bet, my faith on that, and it came up short. So when Paul is saying this in the Greek, when he's saying I'm not ashamed, he's saying I can put everything I believe in, my life, my soul, my my. Uh, My activities day to day, the people I talk, everything I believe in, I can put on the gospel and know that it's not going to fail. You see that? So this is what we find out with the word of shame. Go to my next slide, Leah. Look at this. To be not ashamed is to be confident. It's to actually believe in the gospel with the confidence that can't be shaken because you actually believe that it is real. A lot of us will come in here on a Sunday morning and sing all day long that there's power in the name of Jesus, but the people that work with you or live with you or in your life on a day-to-day basis have no idea that you believe that because you're not really confident about it. Here comes my question, and, and, and we might not get past this second service. How many people did you share the gospel with this week? Like, sit there. Sit, let me get off this stage and come down and be real with everybody. How many people, all of you singing that there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, that you actually believe that there's been chains in your life, chains of addiction, addicted to alcohol, addicted to porn, I cheated on my wife from 2004 to 2011, couldn't figure out how to stop cheating on her, uh, couldn't, couldn't stop dealing the drugs and trying to be this and try all. all these things that were chains on my life, for all my life, and somehow, some way, in 2011, it stopped. Because I tried all those years myself to make it happen. I, I'm looking out here, and I know a lot of y'all. A lot of y'all know me, and y'all like, yeah, that was the knucklehead always trying to get with my best friend, or always throwing the parties with the drinking and the weed. Y'all know me, right? How am I pastoring in 2019? I mean, this don't make no sense, y'all. I'm, I'm, I was known for like being the spawn of Satan, pretty much, and and a lot of you know it. A lot of you. A lot of you were with me. Even after high school and in my adult years, this is who I was, right? So when I say that there's power in the name of Jesus, amen. See, yeah, uh-huh. That's how i supposed to be. Every time I say i just supposed to say amen. Like, just keep going, right? When I say there's power in the name of Jesus, I see, y'all missed All right. <laughs> trash, trash. But no, 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 really, really, really. I believe it. I've lived it. It's happened in my life, and so when I see people suffering around me, I have the can't help it but to say something to them. What are you ashamed of if you really believe it? That, stop for a moment. Just stop for a moment. How many opportunities did you have this week to share the gospel that you didn't share it? Just stop and think. Sitting at the groceries, uh, the store, groceries, I mean, uh, and the, the, you got all this food that you're getting for the week, and you got this cashier that's just looking at you with anything else. You know, I'm just like just sliding. And did you ask, did they even know Jesus? Did you ask how their soul was doing, how they were doing with God? Anybody? Or maybe you would work with that same co-worker that get on your last nerve, and you sit next to them in that cubicle. Did you share the gospel with them at any point, or did you just complain about how they get on your nerves? I mean seriously because what are you ashamed of that that they're going to call you holier than thou that they're going to call you a bible thumper that like what, what is the shame that keep there's 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 teenagers in here what are you ashamed of that keeps you from sharing the gospel in the in the cafeteria or in the locker room like like what, what is it parents children Teenage, like, what are you ashamed of if there's really power in the name of Jesus? So go back to my question. Who did you share the gospel with this week? Who did you actually share, who did you actually talk to this week that was a lost soul because you got in a relationship with them and found out that they didn't know Jesus? Who? Name the person. Who? And I tell you, the majority, I'd say probably 80 to 90% of the people in this room who just got finished singing that there's power in the name of Jesus, hasn't said his name not one time this week to anybody else. So this is where this becomes real. Like, is hell real? Is hell real? And, 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 and the gospel, everything we've been learning for five months, says that the only way, the only way is Jesus Christ, right? Like, like there, it's not church attendance. It's not knowing the words to the song. It's not how often you open your Bible. It's not how often. The only way to heaven is your dependence upon Jesus Christ, his life, death, burial, and resurrection. And, and so that means there's a lot of people in your life on a regular daily basis who are heading to hell. Because they don't believe in Jesus Christ. And you have the power of of God in the message of the gospel, and you will not share it. Because what? Because what? You're not comfortable? You're scared? Because that that fear, you know what that fear is? That's because you're ashamed. What are you scared of? Your reputation? Like, look what Paul says. Go Go to my next slide. So look at this. He says, for the word of the cross, that's the gospel, meaning everybody in here, I'll give you the gospel real quick, everybody in here is a sinner, okay? Everybody's born a sinner, you are a sinner, you have a destination of hell when you are born, you're on the bus going to hell, you need to be on the bus going to heaven, and you can't get off this bus by your own power, Right? And so what happens is uh, God sees that he so loves the world, the people on this bus, that he sends his son to die, to live, to die, to be buried, to be resurrected, so that anyone who believes in him is transferred from this bus that is headed to hell and put on the bus that is on the highway to heaven. I like that song. I was DJing last night, so, you know. All right, anyway. So, so, So you can't get off that bus by your own power. You have to be transferred from this bus to that bus, and it's all in the name of Jesus. Whoever calls on his name as Lord and Savior is saved, delivered from this bus onto this bus. That's the gospel. See how simple that was? How often have you shared that in the past week? Paul says this, the word of the cross, the gospel, is foolishness. Dull is the Greek there. Dull to those who are perishing. So the people who are going to talk about you, the people who don't believe it, the people who who isolate themselves from you, and all they're dying. They're perishing. You should expect that. I don't know about you, but you know why it took me so long to believe in God? Because it was foolishness to me. They're like, man, you going to hell because of blah, 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 and this guy named Jesus came and died and was buried. I'm like, shut up. Like I'm not, for all, like, for so many years. And so what happened was I start finding out for myself what brokenness and sin looks like, right? I start trying to be faithful to my wife, and I couldn't. I start trying to not run to the bottle every time that I, something was going. Like, every bad week I would come home, I would grab a bottle of Southern Comfort, and I would get toasted because I'm trying to run from this world that is just broken around me and the brokenness inside of me. Never satisfied with my wife, my daughter, my life, my job, no amount of money, no nothing, and it came to this moment where somebody said, "Bro, what you're searching for is Jesus." Up until then, it was foolishness. But it took somebody willing to look at all of the brokenness in me and not be scared to tell me what I need—Jesus. But this is what we do: we we join the party. Somebody's complaining about something. We just join in. Yeah, I know. I can't. My, my, my husband, too. He get on my lap. Yeah, my wife and my kids. And... But, but when do we insert the gospel? You know, I'm struggling in my marriage. But God. <laughs> right? I, I'm struggling to forgive my wife or my, my husband, my children. But God, let, let, me, let me tell you how I keep pushing and why divorce is not even an option for me. It's not that my flesh doesn't want to leave. It's because Jesus didn't leave me. You see how quick the gospel came in? What? After all that your husband did to you, you still there? Yeah, because Jesus is still here. Amen. Oh, hey, you, you immediately say amen. You're like, amen. Like, and that's what happens, though. So this is a basic conversation. I ain't got no theology like that. I, ain't got no, I simply know what Jesus has done for me because I actually believe in it. So I can be anywhere, ask Corey. Corey be cutting my hair every other week. I always slide Jesus in there somehow. Like, all right, bro, we hear you, bro. Can I just fade, you know what I mean? Like, man, did you... every time Corey cut my hair, I got like some kind of illustration. I'm like, you know, if I saw it before you was done, I would think, what is he doing? But because you're the one with the clippers, and I know that you know the end process and how to get there. I just got to put my trust in you. Just like, oh, you know, you see what I'm saying? And just like, there's people in the other chair like, man, that, that, wow. <laughs> but, but there's always an area for you to insert Jesus. Who have you shared Jesus with this week? Hmm? Because you come in here and we, we dive in, we exegete the text and all that good stuff. And I, there's a reason I'm not doing that this week. You've had five months of that, and you still ain't talking to nobody about the stuff you learned over five months. You're just puffing up in knowledge. This is why we hypocrites. This this is what we do. Josh, I want to invite you to the church to hear my pastor talk to you about Jesus. And and Josh could be like, bro, why can't you just talk to me right now? Mm -mm. There's power in the name of Rashad. Uh Uh-oh. You see that? You see that? If the the power's in the name of Jesus, then why can't you tell them about Jesus? Why you got to come through these doors? Huh? And this is what what the series is about. This is gospel talk. It wasn't to come here and just puff you up with more information. It was to equip the saints to get out of the church and go do the work of the ministry. How many people worked this week? How many people actually put in work this week? Or did you just go through your routine to get back to Sunday to get back in here? And we got the nerve to judge the world when we won't even go to the world. Help me out. We got the nerve to condemn and condemn everybody outside these doors, but we won't even go to them with the message of life that could transform their life. Help me. How, how much sense does that make? I know the gospel. It saved me. It changed me. All the stuff that's out there that I want to talk about, I was that. So why wouldn't I take what I know and go out to them and share the gospel? A, it's a commandment if you call them Lord. But B, who, who wants to go to heaven alone? Who wants to hold on to good information alone? So, He says, the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are actually perishing, but to those who are being saved, it's the power of God. We see it differently. He goes on and he says, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever. I will set aside. He says, where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has God excuse me, has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? He says, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well-pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. He says, for indeed, Jews asked for a sign, and Greeks search for wisdom. And he says, but we preach Christ crucified. To Jews, a stumbling block, and to Gentiles, foolishness. Foolishness to people who don't believe, a stumbling block to people who wanted the law. And so remember, Paul, if if you're writing, if you're taking notes, go home and read Acts 16 through 18 this week. Like, go home and read Acts 16 and 18 for yourself because of this. You have to remember, when Paul's saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, he's been beaten, like, Hands really laid on him, beaten down. He's been thrown in jail for this. He's had to been he he had to get um, snuck out of cities through back back walls and back doors, and like he's he's been ridiculed, he's been laughed at. There's all these things that has come with preaching the gospel, and yet he writes this letter after all of that and says, "I'm eager to get to Rome, knowing I'm probably gonna go through a lot of the same stuff and preach the gospel, because I'm not ashamed of the gospel." How many of you, are, if you just look over your last week, how many of us would be able to stand up, raise our hand and say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel based on what you've done in the past week? You have to, you have to challenge yourself this because you'll start to see that it's really, it's, it's a fear of people. You don't share the gospel because you're scared of people. Like the people who need you to share the gospel, you're scared of them. And it might not be like, like, Dave, you, you might beat me up if I should have got it. might not be that. It may be, Dave, you ain't going to hang out with me no more if I start talk, talking to you about Jesus. Or, or this section of people in my life won't have nothing to do with me if I start talking about Jesus. It's the people. So look what Paul says in Galatians. He says, "For am I now seeking the favor of men? Or of God? Am I striving to please men? If I was striving to please men, here's that word that we did at the very first sermon, I would not be a slave or a bond servant of Christ. Who, who are you trying to please? Are, are you here to please men or please God? Christians. I'm talking to the Christians right now. This is for you. You, you, won't, you won't share the gospel because you're worried about what man will think. Are you striving to please men or please God, Christian? Are you a slave of your reputation or of your father? Like, who do you belong to? These are the questions you have to start digging up when you start asking about this gospel talk mentality. Because we're so comfortable in these walls. We come in here where every... What are we here for? To talk about God. So, yeah, I'm going to talk about God on Sunday morning. That's what we're here for. I might even actually talk to a stranger about God because I feel comfortable in these walls. But the point is to get out of these walls. The, The whole point is for the message to go forth, not stay contained. It's for you to get uncomfortable and talk to the people of a dying world. This is why they don't believe what we're talking about. Because other people from other religions can't wait to tell you about what they believe. They knocking on your door. They in your face. They, they everywhere they can, they can't wait to tell. Christianity is pretty much almost the only religion I know where we want to sit here and wait for people to come to us. What'd that look like? I'm loving you. I'm loving you. <laughs> Bad. Yeah, bad. Take that, y'all. I, that, that should have been my point. Bad, right? So look at this next verse. Look at this. Look what, look what Jesus says. He says, for whoever is ashamed. Remember what the word means, okay? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. So look at this. This is what he's saying. So you want me to speak up for you in eternity, but you won't speak up for me on earth? Huh? Um, teenagers, teenagers. You ever, had, you ever had that boy or that girl, that, that, that homie, or maybe, well, maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend, that like, that is all about you when it's just y'all, but then when y'all get to school and you're walking in the hallways, they don't even want to hold your hand? You know what I'm talking about? Or, or, like, or like, when we alone, we cool, we boys, but when we get in public, all of a sudden, they, they, they coming up with your mama jokes for you, too. You're like, man, I thought you was my boy. Like, like, imagine, Corey, we hung out, right, and we cool and everything, and then we get here, and you're like, man, Pastor trash, bro. He's a... I'm like, I thought we was cool. Now you're joining in with everybody. Y'all better not think I'm trash. But anyway, but, but look at this. But look at this. But look at this. But look at this. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. So you don't want to say nothing about me. You don't want to speak up for me here on earth. But when we get to eternity and we stand up before God, you want me to mention you. You want me to speak up for you. How, how does that look? You're ashamed of me here on earth, but you don't want me to be ashamed of you when it's all said and done. And, this is, and it happens everywhere. Like it happens everywhere. It happens in our marriages. We won't speak up in our marriages about what we need to do because we worry, because happy wife, happy life. Yeah, that's demonic. I'm not even trying to laugh. Y'all making me laugh. I'm being serious. <laughs> my wife ain't here. You know? <laughs> no, no, but seriously, happy anything, right? Like, like if, if my job in my marriage is to make my wife happy and my wife don't want to give or my wife don't want to attend church or my wife don't, then who am I trying to please, my wife or God? Hmm? Same thing for the wives, right? If my husband is, is out of line in terms of the Scripture and now I'm just doing whatever I can to make him happy, or or some of these teenagers out here, you know, you've come to church. We've built you with a great foundation, but you're going to forego your foundation to keep your man or to keep your spouse. I mean, to keep your girlfriend, right? So so like, my boyfriend. If I don't if I don't have sex with my boyfriend, I'm a teenager and go against everything I know. The Bible tells me, I, but I, I'm just this is the only way I can keep him. Think about that. So I'm gonna go against everything I know to be right and true to satisfy man instead of God. This, is, this goes all the way up, right? It goes all the way down to our high school, all the way up to now. This is what we do. And so he says, if you're ashamed of me now, what makes you think I won't be ashamed of you then? So Paul says, I'm not ashamed. Look at this right here if we're not confident, then we will compromise. It's that simple. If you're not, if you can't say like Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, you're gonna either compromise the message or you're gonna compromise the messenger. Look at this, the message of the gospel, Christ, Christ alone. Well, if I'm worried about offending somebody because the gospel is offensive, if I'm worried about offending somebody, then I'll say, well, Christ, I mean, but there's, you know, it could be Buddha, it could be, you know, Hindu. It could, I mean, everybody. Surely there's another way, right? Like, like remember, I, I played two years ago the Oprah, the Oprah uh, clip where Oprah is a Christian and said, surely Christ can't be the only way. What? Like, that's not, well, because that's offensive to my viewers. I ain't worried about your viewers. That's why I tell y'all, when y'all be inviting people to church here at Church on the Rock, we not seeker sensitive. Like we're gonna preach Christ and we love whoever comes through the door. If there's a non-believer right, right in here right now, we love you. And we were you, period. And we don't think we're above you, we are across the table from you. And all we're saying is that because we know about the love of Jesus and, and that he died so that we could be in eternity with the creator of heaven, because we believe that, we preach Christ Christ crucified. If that offends you, we get it. We was offended too. We was all offended too. I was offended too. So that, that goes for the transgender, that goes for the lesbian, that goes for the adulterer, that goes for the glutton. I, I was offended too. I get it. But that's what leads to, that's the breaking part. It's the, we, we have Veterans Day coming up. I never forget when I went into the Navy, they broke me first. <laughs> the gospel breaks you first and then it builds you back up. So, so when you bring people out, I, I, I warn you, I'm not tiptoeing for your non-believing friends. I love them and I'm going to show it more than just Sunday morning. But but I'm confident, so I don't compromise. When you're not confident, you will compromise the message. You will add all kinds of sugar and cookies on top, right? You'll be like, it's Christ and Christ alone. They're like, that's it? Like, won't my finances change? Oh, sure. Yeah, and your finances will change. Oh, And my marriage is bad. Won't it fix my marriage today? Yo, if you just make that profession today, your marriage would—you start adding stuff that's not even the gospel. So you compromise the message because you're not confident that Jesus is enough. You're actually trying to win people. You're not trying to win souls. You're trying to add attendance on a Sunday morning. You're not trying to win souls so you preach this cookie-cutter message. That ain't going to win nobody except for seats so that you can go on Facebook and say, oh, we had this many people. Man, we don't even keep count like that. Because that, that, that all of this don't mean nothing if souls ain't being transformed. And the only way souls are going to be transformed is the gospel. Yeah. Period. Period. So, we share, so we're not ashamed of the gospel. We're confident in it because we've experienced it and we've seen what it can do. It changes the, When you compromise, it changes the message, but it'll change the messenger. Some of us out here think, I'm going to be all Christian in here, but when I get out there, I'm going to compromise to meet people where they're at. No, we don't compromise, y'all. That's, that's not the gospel message. Christ is enough. I don't need you to change who you are, Christian. You don't need to be the world. Be among the world. Well, they don't like me when I'm all Christian. That's the point. You're different. You look different. Quit trying to look the same. Like, just, just play this through your mind. Just, this is gospel talk. This is what it looks like. My next slide, look at this. It says, how will you convince others if you're not convinced? Anybody ever sold anything, like, for a job? So, yeah, uh-huh, Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. I used to work in Avon back when I was, like, young. I think I'm young now. Yeah. Teleservices direct, all right? It was, like, every, like, a whole lot of people used to, be quiet, all right? A <laughs> whole lot of people used to work over there. All right, I was selling direct TV packages. Now, first and foremost, I didn't, I didn't pay attention in, in the orientation, so I had no clue what I was really selling, right? Like, I, I knew that I, like they had package tiers. I didn't know what was in them, but I was like, hey, I'm supposed to sell them, right? And then on top of that, when I looked at the prices, I was like, this is whack, like, this is horrible. Who would do this? So when I call somebody, ring, 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 ring. Hey, Samantha, uh, my name's Rashad Cunningham. Uh, I want you to buy this direct TV package. Oh, that's great. Well, what's in it? Yeah. Um, I just want you to buy this DirecTV package. Well, yeah, so how many channels do I get? So because because I'm not confident in any of it, I start changing the message, right? You get like 80 channels. Oh, do I get HBO? Yep. Do I get it? Yep, you get that too. All for the low, for 20 bucks? Yeah. If that I mean, if you'll sign this... If you just let me transfer you over to my manager so I get credit for the call, you, like anything, because I don't know nothing about what I'm, what I'm giving, right? Well, that's a lot of us Christians, man. Y'all don't know nothing about Jesus. You don't know nothing about the gospel. So when you get out here, you either ain't, you're not convinced yourself. So when you talk to them, it's, so how do I become saved? Um, come to church and uh, talk to Rashad. Talk to Jason. No, I, I'm not coming to church. You... You're not even convinced. You're not even convinced. And remember, I don't need you to know some great theological anything. When the demonic man was saved by Jesus and the city came out to see Jesus, they told Jesus to leave. The demonic man who had just been saved by Jesus went to Jesus and said, can I come with you? And Jesus said, "Mm -mm. you go back to them and tell them all that God has done for you. That was it. That was his qualification to basically go be a church planner. Just go tell people what God has done for you. You see that? So, so, so he went back, and because he was convinced that this experience with Jesus led to the demons in his life being removed, he went back and told everybody about it. You see how that worked? He was convinced. that I, I, I'm going to go back to Corey. After I got a cut from Corey, I told everybody about Avon Barbershop. I was convinced. You've done it with movies. You've done it with songs. Ty, every time you hear a good song, you're like, we got to do this one. I'm like, dang, she convinced. Right? You've you've been convinced about other stuff. So ask yourself, are you convinced about the gospel? Are you actually convinced about Jesus? Do you really believe that there's power in his name? If so, why won't you speak on it? What's holding you back? Fright, because you're not convinced. If you're afraid, you're not convinced. You're not actually convinced. I know you're like, yes, I am. No, no, no. No, you're not. You're not convinced. Because if you was, there's nothing to be afraid of, and you would know that. You do it in every area of your life. Wh- whoever's been at their job for like five to ten years, and you know your job, you're convinced. So when people walk in, you tell them exactly how to do it. What did, you ain't worried about You're convinced. You're like, I, I know this. Man, do you just know the very simple truth about the gospel? Has it actually transformed something in your life, or are you simply coming in here every Sunday to get trained? Because you can be trained to say all the right stuff and not believe it, and it's going to show in everything you do. But when you're transformed, there's a difference. So keep going. Why was Paul confident? He was confident in the content which is Jesus Christ. That power is Jesus Christ. Uh, That's my next point right here, confident in the power. So it's not just the confident piece. He was confident in the power. The power is Jesus Christ. As we look at that 1 Corinthians again, I want you to see this. So for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it, the gospel message, is the power, not access to the power. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Greek. So when we look at this right here, this next verse, uh, keep going for me, Leah. When, when Paul said, we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Gentiles foolishness, he goes on and says, but to those who are called, both Jews and, and Greeks, he says, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom. Like Christ, it's, that's the power. The power is Jesus Christ. When you look at the life of Christ, the life, the burial, the death, the resurrection, everything that would hold you back from preaching the gospel, worried about what they're going to think about you, well, that's eliminated in eternity. Worried about them putting their hands on you. Maybe even killing you, persecution. Yeah, that, well, he conquered, he conquered the grave. So I'm good. You can't, even you killing me doesn't stop me from preaching this gospel because if you kill me, I know and I believe and I'm confident in the resurrection. Does that make sense? So what's, what holds you back from going out there and sharing the gospel? Like I know this is a very basic message and I know I'm repeating myself, but here's the thing. I've said share the gospel I've counted more than 20 times already, and some of you still won't go out and do it. And you call yourself confident in the gospel. So I just want this to weigh on you. I just, I, I just really want this to weigh on you. Going to my next point, he was also confident in the plan. Last week, for those of you who were not here, the righteousness of God, the, the how to be made right with God, go listen to that sermon, but that's the plan. Uh, that his life, Jesus' life, his perfect life that met every standard, it's imputed as yours. So here, when we, when we step up in heaven, we're going to look at God, and when he sees us, he's not going to see our life and all the most jacked up things about it. He's going to see the life of Jesus. And as a result of seeing the life of Jesus, he's going to count it as ours. And, and does that not make you, like, start doing the happy dance and, like, you know what I mean? Like, when I get to heaven... All my brokenness from my past, my brokenness from my present, and the things I'm still doing that I know I'm trying to fight and I'm struggling with. you mean? If I was to die right now because of my confidence in Jesus Christ, when I get to heaven, you're going you gonna to take his life and say, I lived his life? That's what you're going to do? Yes. I got to go tell everybody else about that. Because I know somebody right now who's in this room right now who's like, man, I just can't get right. And therefore, I think I'm going to hell because I can't get. I want to tell him, it ain't about you getting right. Jesus got right. And if you believe that he got right, then you're going to get right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I can't help but talk to somebody about that and stay after it and meet with them for lunch and all this because it's so real to me. But for some of y'all, it's just hocus pocus. And the world sees it and they're calling you on it. They're calling you on it. And you're ashamed and you back off. So I'm comp- he, he was confident in the plan. Everyone, you see that? Everyone who believes, everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Greek, and the plan was this, keep going, the plan said, for in the gospel, the righteousness, how to get right with God, how to be able to stand before a holy God, creator of the universe, creator of all this, how to stand before him and know that you're good to go. Has nothing to do with your efforts or your works, has everything to do with your confidence in the gospel. In Jesus Christ, it's the only way you're going to heaven, is to put your confidence, your faith, your full assurance in the heart, your dependence, your weight in Jesus Christ, on Jesus Christ, and say, that's the only way I'm getting in, and I'm confident of this. So that's the plan, okay? But here's the promise. Just as it was written, it says, uh, go, go confident in the promise. As it was written, meaning if God said it in the Bible, that seals it. That's what it is. If God said it, it's a promise, it's written. Well, he said the righteous man shall live by faith. We got two brothers, uh, two of our brothers here, Nick and Lewis, who will be preaching over the next couple of weeks about that text in Habakkuk 2.4. But basically, just, just without stealing their thunder, it was said through the prophet, I ain't going to steal the thunder, Nick. I got, he like, don't say it. I, ain't gonna, I got you, Nick. I got you. I ain't going to steal no thunder. But basically, he said, um, the one who, who basically depends on himself, the proud, he's not right in his soul. He's not right with me in his soul. He's dependent on himself. But the righteous, the one who's right with me in his soul, shall live by faith. And, 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 and so I'm confident in that promise and lastly, I'm confident in the presence. And this is, this is where I want to land right here. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit more time because Todd's not in here. Yes. All right. So look at this. Look at this. All of this comes to this conclusion right here. All right. The, the, the confident in the power of God, the confidence in the, the plan of God and the promise of God, it leads to the presence of God. Now, here's the thing. We have to be very careful to understand this is what it's about. This entire 17 verses we've walked through, I can't go back when you're you're using your little journals and highlight how many times you see of God or God throughout those 17 verses. All of this is to get in his presence. And I'm confident that his presence alone will surpass anything on this earth. And so that means this is the only thing that matters to me. Is helping others get into the presence of God. Now, it's an eternal presence, and this is where we land. And worship team, you can come up and all that good stuff. Todd's <laughs> so like, I just sat down, right? <laughs> look at this, look at this. Eternity starts now. <laughs> Eternity's right now. Right? Like, like when I talk about you being in the presence of God for eternity as a believer, I'm talking about you being in the presence of God. Right now. See, some of us only think of salvation or deliverance for after death. We're like, yes, I'm trying to secure my salvation for after death. But what happens when you see salvation as deliverance right now? Because you're in the presence of God. I had a horrible morning. at at Corey right? Corey was here with me. I was just, he was like Dr. Phil for me up there. Like I was just going through it, right? I had an absolutely, horrible, I don't want to sugarcoat it. I had a horrible morning, probably self-inflicted in every way. And yet when I think of the presence of God, when I think that right now, even in my circumstances, even in my situations, he's right here with me through it all. When I, when I think about that, it surpasses anything I'm going through. The only reason I can preach to you to this, mor- this morning is because of the presence of God now. My eternity is right now. So this song we're about to sing, I want you, I'm going a, I'm to a steal some of their thunder now. I'm still in thunder all day. Look at this. In the bridge, we say, mercy is falling. And I never heard it this way. That was Todd's favorite part. That wasn't my favorite part. But I don't have to mercy is not getting what you deserve. Okay, everybody in here, you deserve hell. Okay, if that offends you, sorry, because I deserve it too, all right? But look at this. So mercy's not getting what you deserve. And look what the words say. It's falling. See how free that is? You don't have to reach for it, you don't have to climb up to it. It's falling. You, you deserve hell and the mercy of the Lord. Okay. Then it goes like this. It says, I know your past is broken. And if you know anything about me, my past is broken. Some of the problems I had this morning was from a broken past. Right? My past is broken, and a lot of you right now, your past is broken. Some of you, your present is broken, right? And you're going through something right now that has got a hold of you, and it breaks you, and you're struggling with it. And what God says is when you believe in my son, Jesus Christ, for your full dependence, when you put confidence in him, you're in my presence, and you can move on. You can move on from that brokenness. You can move on from that present brokenness. It's over now. You're in the presence of the Lord. That past doesn't define you. I know you're struggling. I know you're running. I know the world is coming down on you right now. Your finances, your marriages, your kids. I know what's going on in your life right now. I know it. That's the Spirit talking to me. And I'm telling you, once you place all dependence in the presence of the Lord, when you, when you put your weight on Jesus and Jesus alone, he says you can move on. You, can, you don't have to hold on to that weight, that burden that is weighing on you right now, right this moment. You're shaking your heads. He says, let it go. You're in my presence now. I've got it. This is why we preach the gospel. This, and this alone is why we preach the gospel. Because if we really believe that and if we feel it, Dave, if we feel the presence right now, if we feel it, then why don't we want somebody else to feel this? The weight that you've told me about in your life, the weight I've told you about in my life, and how we've rejoiced together with tears at Five Guys, right? And we rejoiced in Charlotte. We cried together. As I told you, the brokenness and the things I went through that he took off of me. Why would I not go share that with somebody else? Why would I keep that just between you and me? So I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed to claim that message. Because I know what it did for me first. So I know what it will do for you. And if you know that, then it's your responsibility to humanity to get out of this church. And I don't care if you never come back. As long as you don't come back because you're proclaiming the gospel to everybody that you meet. That's the presence of the Lord. Let's stand up and sing, y'all. Um uh, I'm not worthy to be the pastor of this church. I'm not worthy to be here right now. And I'm and he just continues to bless me with the privilege to be here with you all and walking with you broken together. I've told you guys time and time again how I struggle with my pastor. Even as a pastor, I struggle with so much. And you, it's you guys always speaking the gospel to me. You, you tell the gospel to me. You say, Ryan, you, how many times have you said, bro, he's using your brokenness to heal others. And you tell me not to be ashamed of that. And you tell me to um, use it for the gospel because it will heal somebody else. And so I get back up on another Sunday because of a text message like that from my brother Ryan. And, I, and there's so many of you who speak it to me. I need you to speak it to others who don't know what I know. And I need you to stick it out with them and be patient with them. Because what you're feeling right now, every, everybody should have this weight that's being lifted right now. So I'm going to say a quick prayer, but I, I would love to do that one more time, just a bridge um, and I'm, be- I'm, I'm actually pleading. I'm actually on my knees right now. I'm not physically on, I'm on my knees right now begging you. If you don't take anything from this opening of Romans, if you never come back to church on a rock, if we're just not for you, I don't care. I'm begging that if you don't know Christ, that you understand that what you're seeing around you right now, this is real. This is not made up. We didn't talk about this, we didn't plan this. This is the presence of the Lord. When you start to realize that he's with you in everything you're going through and all your brokenness, this is real. But those of you who do know Christ, I need you to go back into your homes and I need you to share the gospel with your wife and your husband, even if they know it. I need you to share with your kids. I need you at at these workplaces and at these softball diamonds and these basketball courts. I need you sharing the gospel every time you get because There's no greater feeling than knowing that what I have right now, what I'm experiencing right now in worship, I will be able to do for the rest of my life. And it starts today. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for an amazing morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for it being so simple, so simple to just place all of our dependence on Jesus Christ. Father, none of this is fabricated. (laughs) Don't, Don't let this be a facade. Don't let us just be hearers of your word, Father. Let this actually start that process of transforming us to just be better. We won't be perfect, but just be better. It's not about perfection. We just want to progress, Father, and be bold in proclaiming your son, Jesus Christ, not because it makes us anything, but it makes him everything. We just want to point to him in everything we have. And look at others and say the only reason that we have peace here on earth is because of Jesus. Thank you for your mercy falling, Father. Thank you for allowing us to move away from our past, to stop running. Father, just thank you for your presence through Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray and we sing. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of Church on the Rock, building his body, breaking our barriers. If you would like to learn more, please visit our website at www.churchontherockbb.com.